you can tell that I'm already Just can look in my eyes, you can tell that I'm already You can see the fire inside, you can tell that I'm already You see me, I'm born ready, I'm keeping that word in me And keeping that soil with me, you see that I'm already I'm ready You better cover up or come with it Broke out from the bottom of the grave to find the odds of morticians At worst, they stand firm and hold my position Command ops with the opposition at word packed I'm fully loaded, my heart steady, I know the mission, I'm ready Better stand by with a medic It doesn't matter what it looks like right now, we win and that's prophetic I woke up this morning, I had to get ready to try to come after my family I would not believe in the lie, so I bring out the word when the devil is crafty Hey, back and forth again, standing here with a few good men I got your six, you know that brotherhood is strong When all of y'all come from the sticks We done seen it all before, so we ready to get it in we're not alone, our God is ready to defend I'm telling that I'm already Just can look in my eyes You can tell that I'm already You can see the fire inside You can tell that I'm already You see me, I'm born ready I'm keeping that word in me And keeping that song with me You see that I'm already You see that I'm already Sorry, that's not gonna be my purpose is telling the truth to you how awful it seems to me honestly it's all that i eat and you will never see me with the mark of the beast no way they can cut my head off my soul is okay the devil can't take us all out my brothers don't play you should pray you can't take no baggage on the soul train if you like the god cause he's the only way my father devil really want that smoke i got that zaza that's the holy ghost i keep it closed it's a fire fire i draw cold stay on if the devil trying to flex his on sight Just can look in my eyes You can tell that I'm already You can see the fire inside You can tell that I'm already You see me, I'm born ready I'm keeping that word in me And keeping that soil with me You see that I'm already Gracious You see that I'm already Yeah Finally made it through basic training And went straight to ambassador For the one who took the license Pastor Randy, a.k.a. Pastor Jace with Made Free Church, Made Free Church, Idaho. Um, hope you guys are having a great morning. I'm doing a little bit early today because um, you got some stuff going on. You know, um, we're going to be uh, traveling to Boise today, hopefully. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm kind of excited because I've never been to Boise, Idaho yet. Um, and uh, so I'm kind of excited about it. Um, Man, you know, uh, uh, we are, um, let me do this real quick. All right. Oops. There we go. I'm going to change that. All right. Uh, no, it's always buffering. Anyway, so, um, 
you know, we're, we've been in the book of Romans for uh, a few months now. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things, the reason why we're there is because there's so much meat and there's so much, a lot of things that are in the book of Romans <clears throat> that we can learn from. And, um, you know, I think it, but see what we're going to be doing is after we finish with the book of Romans, we're going to go to the book of Luke and we're going to get back to the basics of what it means to be a Christian, you know what I mean? And, uh, so I think it's very, very, very important. Um, just, uh, uh, an announcement before we get started. Um, oh, that's not what I wanted. There we go. Guys, if you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. We have a whole intercessory prayer team that is set up, uh, you know, to pray over your prayer requests daily. And we would be honored and we'd love, you know, to, uh, to pray with you. Uh, and uh, pray for you. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we are a praying church, so we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that, you know, uh, prayer changes things. You know what I mean? And uh, we just, we, we fully believe that. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, so, yeah. All right. So, guys, if you guys want to check us out on all the major podcasts, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, we're on Stitcher, CastBox, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, we're on all of them, you know what I mean, so you guys can check us out there, um, you know what I mean, so, so we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, and we're going to be in verses 31 through 39, and, and we're at the end of... Uh, uh, the we're, I, you know I picked this verse apart, man, and, and uh, uh, we're at the end of it. You know what I mean? So, um, let's get into it. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this time, Lord. We just ask, Lord, that you just do almighty work in us, God, and that you just get this lowly preacher out of the way and let your word go forth. We love you, God. And we worship you, and we want to be more like you, God. Bless our hands and feet today. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's do that real quick. Boom. All right. So, you know, we're going to be in, it's called Five Unanswered Questions, right? Now, today we come to the last message of Roman 8, of Romans 8, right? See, the first verse in the greatest chapter that I believe that is the greatest chapter of the Bible is, is Romans 8.1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, everything that follows in the rest of Romans 8 tells us why there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And there's a number of reasons, right? That there, you know, uh, uh, first is because there's no condemnation from the law in verses one through four. And second is because we've been delivered from the flesh in verses five through 11. Third is because we now are children of God, verses 12 through 17. Fourth is because we have a hope of a future glory, verses 18 through 25. Fifth is because the intercession of the Holy Spirit, 20, verses 26 to 27. And six is because of five unshakable convictions, verse 28. And the seventh is because of five undeniable affirmations in verses 29 through 30. 
And today we come to the eighth reason that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it's because of five unanswerable questions, right? And we're going to see that in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. Let's read that. So if you want to open up your, your word, let's, let's read that today. And I'm reading from the ESV, guys. So it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to, content, to, uh, is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, and who is de indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, or nakedness, or danger, or a sword? For it is written, for your sake, we will we are being killed all the day long. We regard we are regarded as sleep, uh, sheep to be uh, slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ our Lord Jesus. You know, anyone who studies the Bible carefully knows that there are times when we come to some soaring peak of revelation that really left us breathless, right? By, by its view, right? And, 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 and this is what happens when we come to this last great section in Romans 8. Commentators have called Romans 8, 31 to 39, it's like a hymn of insurance or a triumph song or the highest plateau, the whole divine revelation. I think these accolades are just a little too weak. Like this is a mountaintop. This is Mount Everest of of the letter, and 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 the uh, and, and it's the greatest of peaks of the Himalayan range of of the scriptures. You know, we've made our way up to the steep ascent of doctrine in the first half of this great letter, and we 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 were able to look over the beautiful and somewhat lower vistas of the book of the second half. Yet now. For the time being, we are on the peak, and the view is glorious. Now, strictly speaking, there are seven questions in these verses. There's two in, 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 in verses 31 and 35, and one each in 32, 33, and 34. Why? Many people and many things can be against us, right? And, and, and not only can they be against us they are against us the bible says that every christian has three great en enemies the world the flesh and the devil the world is against us because christianity is offense to it and it, it, it's opposed to its god rebelling ways see see the world will get us to conform to it if it can and, and if it fails it will try to overcome us 
Our flesh is also an enemy because it contains the seeds of sin within it. And we're unable to escape its malevolent uh, influence during the, our, our, our complete entire lives. And, and, and as it is word enough, we have the power, the, the power of the enemy and the devil. Right? We have the power of the devil. Right? Who is described by the apostle Peter, Peter in 1 Peter 5.8. A roaring lion seeking someone to devour. There are plenty of enemies against us, but the but but what are these when combined with the first of the first half? If God is for us, you know there there's the good news of God. If God is for us, the Greek there uh, are are four kinds of conditional clauses which the which uses the word if. The word if in this sentence does not simply mean doubt. Paul has just banished doubt in the previous verses. And he has shown us how God has foreknown us by setting his love upon us. And he's predestined us to be conformed to the likeness of his beloved son. And he has called us, he has justified us, and he has glorified us. In, in verse 31, the word if really means since. And, and, and the right phrase that makes a difference of the world, but since God is for us, right? It is as, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, is it as it, like Paul is challenging us to, to place, place all possible enemies on the side of an old fashioned balanced scale, as if we were weighing feathers. And then. And when we have all the feathers assembled on the scale, he drops a brick on the other side and the side comes crashing down. The feathers are scattered in the wind. If God is for us, who could be against us? Who can stand against God? The answer is no one. Nothing and no one can defeat us if the almighty God is on our side. But... Someone would say, but let's assume God does not change towards us. It is true that no one can stand against God, but if God should grow tired of us, forget about us, or move on to something else. Well, Paul deals with that speculation in verse 32, which is his second unanswerable question, asking uh, uh, in verse 32, is he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Each of these five questions is unanswerable because each is grounded upon some undeniable truth. And that undeniable truth is the verse, uh, in this verse, is that God has given his son. God has given us his son. And, and, and if Paul would ha had merely asked, will God give us all things? We might hesitate, you know, how could we be confident that he will give us all things? He has given us so much, but all things? But we, wouldn't we be right to think that even God has his limits to his grace and generosity? Well, that might be a reasonable way to think. You know, it, were it not for the fact that 
God has already given us his son. Jesus is the greatest thing that God gave us. And yet he gave him not merely to be with us in some mystical way, but he gave him over to death so that we might be rescued from the judgment due to us for our sins. Paul challenged us to look at the cross for the following reasons, right? Now, if, if God uh, now if God did that for us, sending his own son, Jesus, to die in our place, is there anything he can possibly, that, that he could possibly be imagined to withhold? You know, years ago, a Bible teacher was speaking to some kids, right? And he said, I'll give you $10 to anyone who could think of a promise that God might have made to us that he has not already made. The teacher might as well have offered a billion dollars because in our text tells us that God has already granted us all things since he has not withheld his son. Listen to the verse. Listen, this verse is a blank check for all of our true needs. Right? For example, you know, we need strength to overcome temptation. By ourselves, we can't resist temptation. Right? Will God give us strength we need to overcome temptation? Of course he will. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he has also provided a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And all of us, you know, all of us need a friend, you know, to be with us through through life's dark places, right? So, what, so we won't lose hope. You know, will, will God be a friend to us? Absolutely. Jesus said in John 15, 15, he says, You know, no longer do I call you servants, for servants does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. And in Matthew 28, 20, it says, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Do we need a, a do we need direction you know for how we are to live and to please God? God himself will provide that direction. God says in Psalms 32:8 uh, part A which is the first part is I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Do we need comfort when we have lost a loved one? God is the only secure so a sure source of comfort. Jesus promised in John uh, 14, 16, is, is, I, and I will ask the Father who will give you another helper and be with you forever. Will God be with us in death's dark hour? Of course he will. He will sustain us in death and bring us joyfully into his glorious presence in the end. The Bible says in Psalms 116, 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of all saints. And in case somehow we think that some important need of ours have been overlooked, remember Paul's word to the Philippians in Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and the glory in Christ Jesus. Clearly, if God gave us Jesus the greatest of all possible gifts, he can be counted to give us all the lesser gifts as well. John Stott says this, 
The cross provides God's generosity. The third unanswerable question moves to into a legal area, right? Now, if, if we are now in the court of law asking whether someone might exist somewhere to accuse us and thus bring us into final spiritual condemnation before God, the question is verse number 30, uh, verse uh, 33, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Who could do that? Paul says, since it's God who justifies. Do, do you remember uh, uh, in the book of Zechariah, you know, if you guys ever read the, the Old Testament, uh, in which the high priest of that day, whose name was Joshua, was standing in the temple, no doubt preparing to present the people's sacrifice, and Satan was up there accusing him. Joshua, Joshua was, was, filth, was dressed in filthy clothes, symbolizing his sin. The devil was, was arguing that Josh, Joshua was unfit for, the, for his office because he was a sinner. But God was also there and rebuked Satan and said, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you, it is not this brand plucked out of the. Uh, it, it is not this brand plucked out of the uh, from the fire, Zechariah three two. Then we are told how Joshua's filthy clothes were removed and how he was clothed in rich garments and a clean term and symbols of his justification through the work of Jesus Christ. Who could accuse him now? The answer is clear: no one, no one at all because God has justified him. This is a picture uh, uh, Paul's question brings to mind, right? There are many who bring charges against us, the world, the flesh, the devil. But if we are God's elect, the apostle Paul states emphatically, it's God who justifies, right? And, 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 it, and, 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 and it is that God has justified us. You can see that in verse 30. So who could possibly secure our condemnation when the highest judge of all God has already acquitted us? The fourth unanswerable question is closely related to the third question that some have considered it to be asking the same thing, but there is a difference. Paul said, had, had earlier asked whether uh, the, the good purpose of God towards us could change, concluding that they could not since God has already given Jesus the, one of the greatest gifts of all, the greatest gift of all, not one, but the greatest. Now Paul goes a step further asking whether the attitude of Jesus could change. In verse 34 he asks, who is to condemn? Paul answers, Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. See, the, the Bible teaches this truth in, in a striking image using the word parachlete or lawyer uh, for both the Holy Spirit and Jesus. The, the parachlete is, I always murder Greek words, I apologize, but I always do. Um, is is one called alongside another to help, which is also the exact meaning 
of the word advocate. The only difference between that one is, is, is derived from the Greek and the other from the Latin. Right? Did Jesus used the word, uh, word of the Holy Spirit when he told his disciples that he was going to send the Holy Spirit to be their helper in John 16 verses 5 through 15. And John used the word to speak of Jesus saying that we have an advocate with the Father in 1 John 2.1. So this is a picture of, divine, of, of, of a divine law firm with two branches, a heavenly office and an earthly office. On the earthly office, the Holy Spirit pleads for us, interpreting our petition, uh, petitions correctly to the Father. And in heaven, Jesus pleads our efficacy of his shed blood to show that we are saved persons and that nothing can now rise up or cause condemnation by the Father. If y'all live in Idaho, yeah, y'all got to try Idaho pizza. It's the best pizza in the world. Like, I love going there. The pizza's so good. Um, it's called Idaho Pizza Company. When I first moved here, it was it was really funny. Um, Brooke and Brandon goes, hey, man, you want some pizza? We're going to go to Idaho Pizza. I was like, okay. And I was thinking that Idaho Pizza, I, you know, I'm getting off topic. I thought Idaho Pizza was like going to be like another little Caesars from California or whatever. But who knew? Very much worth it. Just saying. So if you live in Idaho, go to Idaho Pizza. So the final and all-embracing and climatic unanswerable questions in verse 35 is, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And the answer carries us to the chapter's end, right? With this fifth and final question, Paul himself does what we have been doing with all the other four questions. He looks around for a possible answer. He brings us forward. He brings forward all the enemies that we we, we can think, which might separate us from the love of Christ. We may have to endure tribulation or distress or even persecution. That is, the pressures of the ungodly world. We may undergo famine or nakedness. That is, the lack of adequate food and clothing. Which, since Jesus promised them to the Heavenly, Father, uh, uh, Heavenly Father's children, might seem to be evidence that God does not really care. We may even have to experience danger or the sword, that is, danger of death and actual death, and even martyrdom, and, the, and, and that's the ultimate test of our faith, right? Paul and the apostles sought danger at all ends to bring us scripture, to bring us the Bible that we now know and if it wasn't for Martin Luther and the reformers we wouldn't have the Bible that we have today like the doctrines of grace right so these are all real tests that scripture, uh, scripture warns us about in Psalm 44 22 that God's people are for his sake being killed all day long that is we are continually being exposed to the risk of death like sheep for the slaughter these are enemies guys 
These are real sufferings, painful and perilous and hard to bear. But can they separate us from the love of Christ? No. Far from being separate, far from, from separating us from the love of Christ in all these things, in these very sufferings, in the very experience and endurance of them, we are more than conquerors. We are more than God. Nothing, beloved, can separate us from the love of Christ. So, what then shall we say to these things in verse uh, 31a? If God is for us, who could be against us? In 31b. Or, and then in, in verse 32 says, He who did not spare his son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He gave us Jesus, and he'll always give us what we need. And in verse 33a, he says, Who shall bring charge against God's elect? Most of you don't like that word. But it means, and, 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 and I'll, I'll have to do a study on, 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 on unconditional election. A lot of you guys believe in general election, like God's out to save everybody and, and, and stuff like that. But there's this thing called unconditional election that, in my purview, is a little bit more, it, it's way more biblical, not a little bit more, but it's way more biblical, right? And God, and, and Paul talks about the elect, right? Who's God's elect, right? So, in verse 33a, which is uh, uh, the beginning of the verse, it says, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? No one. Why? Because it's God who justifies in 33b. And in 34a, who is to condemn? No one. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed who is indeed is intercessing for us in 34b who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress persecution famine nakedness or danger of the sword in 35 in verse 35 no 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 and a million times no no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am sure neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor presence, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, verses 37 and 39. So let me ask you, what then do you say to these things? What is your response? One possibility is that you may utterly uh, be utterly uh, indifferent to the question and the doctrines of grace that lie behind it. That is, you could care less about the answer because you think the whole thing is utter foolishness. Or you may respond positively and you think that it is arrogant to believe that God, or not uh, positively, but hostility, right? I had to look at my notes. 
that you may respond with hostility thinking that God that it is arrogant to believe God that has shown a special favor to some people and you don't believe that God's acts that God acts in, in, in such a wonderful way and you may respond with great joy you believe that there is no condemnation for you because you are in Christ Jesus and as you hear all that God has done for you in Christ your heart swells with the overflowing joy you believe that God's love is an indeed a great love and you believe that his love for you is the very foundation of your salvation you know that the reason you love God is because he loved you first and you know that he demonstrated his love by sending his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to live and to die for you. You believe that the love of God in Christ is the greatest reality in the universe. It is the strongest, the most steady, firm, unbending, solid, substantial, constant, uniform, dependable truth of all. So I ask you, what do you say in response to these five unanswerable questions? Do you strike, does it strike a positive note in you? Did you find yourself rejoicing, or do you find yourself saying, yes, this is true? If so, that is proof that God has been at work in your life, bringing you out of darkness and into this marvelous light. But, if this teaching does not seem appealing to you and it does not seem true or in if you regard it with indifference then I warn you that you may not be a Christian that you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ in a saving way I present him to you as a savior and I urge you to repent of your sin and turn to him in faith it is the very gospel, the good news of the fixed love of Jesus, of God in Jesus Christ that is commended to you. As Paul writes in Romans 5.8 earlier in the letters, but God shows his love for us that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Then what do you say to these things? You know, I, I pray that, that God gives you the grace to respond to this message with great joy by believing the truth about the good news of God. Amen. You know, guys, there 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 is there's a lot that we go through in our lives, trials, tribulations, distress. You know, there's 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 pastors, you know, during the pandemic, there was uh, pastors, you know, being put away in jail in Canada and, and there was a few here in, in, in America that went to jail too because they wouldn't close down the church because of the pandemic and I agreed with them for every sense you know um, because I just believe that what we are doing in this life and the way that our political the, the Democrats political agenda you know you say oh you're going to talk about politics now pastor you can't do that oh yes I can and I will and I will talk about it you know what I mean uh, because of the simple fact of it being is that if you look at 
uh, this, you know, the the, the war uh, in 1775, you see that the pastors were the ones giving their congregation the news and then going out and fighting. We don't we don't do that today. We think, well, you got to separate the church from state. No, that's not what it meant. We live in, in a very, very, very dark time. But we have... We have the Trinity. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the God the Holy Spirit and God the Son are always interceding for us. Always petitioning for us. You know, if we're truly to believe in Christ and Him crucified, then the things that we go through should be counted as joy and the things that we have today should be counted as rubbish because our hope is in our salvation faith in Christ Jesus and him crucified that should be our comfort at all times will God be there to comfort you in the time of need absolutely he has for me you know, and, and you know, I when I first moved out, out here to Idaho, man, I was going through it, man. And I couldn't get my heads, I couldn't get my bearings, I couldn't pull my head out of my butt. I was making a lot of mistakes. I was doing a lot of stupid crap because I didn't have my eyes fixed upon my Creator, that my God. I didn't have my eyes fixed upon Him. I had my I can fix the problem. No, stupid, you can't. So when I started placing my problems and everything that was going at the foot of the cross, that's when everything started. That's when the haze and everything, you know, all the weight of the world just stepped off. Because the battle is not mine, it's God's, right? And, and we should understand that these five unanswerable questions, right, that we should, we should really understand them Right, the, it, 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 the gospel. Hold on, guys. I'm having problems with my uh, feed here. I don't know why. There we go. We're back. Um, but if God is for us, or since God is for us, who could be against us? Right. It, it's Him who takes what He needs to fight our battles for us, right? I'm wearing a dirty shirt. I didn't see that. Anyway, guys, guys, I hope you guys are, are getting this. And, and we're going to stay in the Book of Romans because I really believe that we're learning something very valuable here in the Book of Romans. And I believe that once we get to back to basic training, right, which is the Book of Luke, and we're going to be picking that apart too, um, I think that we'll get a, a broader understanding of the reality what it means to be in god's army what it what it means to believe in the doctors uh doctrines of grace you know what it means to separate from and reforming church always reforming you know we cannot put a period because there's there's two biblical doctrines the the, the doctrine of armenia is the doctrine of reform I happen to, to sit along the reform doctrine because of the simple fact I believe that it's true. 
I believe this is the doctrine that is like solus scriptola, sober gratia, solus Christus, you know, solus uh, 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 fide, you know, sola de gloria, the five solas. You know, I, I try to live my life in regards to those. You know, maybe maybe, maybe soon I'll, I'll I'll do a study on the five solas and and uh, give you a little bit more. Um, you know what it, what 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 each of them means. You know what I mean. So, but I I I, I strongly believe in the doctrines of grace strongly. Anyway, um, let's see. Guys, we have planted a church here in, in, in Idaho, and we really need your financial support, and we really need your prayers. Um, if you guys would like to financially support us, you can do so going to madefreechurch.org, and then there's going to be three little lines. You hit on that, and then you'll see Made Free Church Idaho, and as you scroll down at the bottom of the page, you'll see our PayPal link. Please support us because we still need a lot of things to open this church. We're about a month, month and a we're about a month out to open, to have our grand opening. We've already got our banners, we got our lights getting up, you know, we got all, all kinds of cool stuff going on, and uh, we just ask for your prayers and your financial support. Um, now, guys, you know I usually don't do this on uh, church day, but if you guys would like to check out my own personal web and blog site, you can do so. By going to reformedpastor.net, that is reformedpastor.net, and uh, um, you know, just, just check it out. You know, uh, I, I, it's just my beliefs and, and where I'm at. And guys, we are seeking pastors, we're seeking preachers, teachers, evangelists, ministers for our new website called PreachCore, preaching the full counsel of God. If you guys want to check that out, go to preachcore.org. That's preachcore.org, okay? And guys, if you'd like to, uh, you know, uh, 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 support Made Free Church as a whole, you know, you guys got to understand that none of the pastors here and none of the, the staff here makes uh, takes a paycheck. We do this because of the love of God, you know, but we do have some overhead, right? You know, we have our websites, we have... You know the car we have you know that now we're going to be in our own place and we're going to have overhead so if you guys want to do that please do that there's three ways to give you can give through our cash app you can get through our paypal link uh or you can send a check or money order the address is provided and we also have guys i knew we, we also have a discipleship ministry it's called tactical discipleship right now we don't have any women discipling women yet but we're looking for that um and uh but right now it's if you guys want to go check that out we're at disciple uh, tactical discipleship.org and it's part of uh made free and and we do this through different uh outlets usually phone facetime or we're on zoom or whatever um and we all get together or we're on whatsapp and we all get together and uh, uh we do discipleship i discipleship a couple guys right now and uh, it's just been awesome. It, it's, 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 it, it's, you know, we're, we're restarting our discipleship uh, starting this next week. Uh, we took off some time, you know, because I had to reframe it, restructure it. Because I wanted to, do, I, I would, I, I wanted it to be a little bit more biblical than just what we were doing in our discipleship meetings before. 
So, yeah. And guys, thank you for being here. You know, God bless you guys. You guys are awesome. We love you. We're praying for you. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity that we get to spend with you a few days a week. And uh, we just love you, God, and we just worship you. And we just thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, go in peace. Um, you know, uh, we love you and we're praying for you. Um, lift up Made Free uh, Church Idaho and also uh, lift up uh, Reformed Church here in Weezer. You know, uh, they're going through a lot right now and, and uh, they, they just really need your prayers. So if you could pray for them, that'd be great. Awesome. God bless you guys.